Good morning. Let's begin our service by singing hymn number 135. I know no life divided, O Lord of life, from Thee. In Thee is life provided for all mankind and me. I know no death, O Father, because I live in Thee. Thy life it is that frees us from death eternally. Hymn number 135. The scriptural will be given by Nancy from New Jersey. Micah, wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Isaiah 
Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Romans. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Let us now have a moment of silent prayer and follow with the Lord's Prayer and its spiritual interpretation as given in the Christian Science textbook. Our Father, which art in heaven. Our Father, Mother, God, all harmonious. Hallowed be thy name. Adorable One. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom is come. Thou art ever present. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Enable us to know, as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us grace for today. Feed the famished affections. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And love is reflected in love. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. And God leadeth us not into temptation, but delivereth us from sin, disease, and death. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. 
For God is infinite, all power, all life, truth, love, over all and all. Let's now sing hymn number 263. Only God can bring us gladness. Only God can give us peace. Joys are vain that end in sadness. Joy divine shall never cease. Mid the shade of want and sorrow, undisturbed our hearts rejoice. Patient, wait the brighter morrow. Faithful, heed the Father's voice. Hymn number 263.
Welcome to the Sunday morning service of the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. We begin every Sunday morning here with our roundtable discussion at 10 a.m., which is a bit of a training session in practical Christian science. We discuss the important points in the lesson and learn how to better practice this wonderful science in our lives. And we had a really good one this morning. So if you missed it, you will be able to find it on our website, plainfieldcs.com. And it will also be available on our YouTube channel and our Vimeo channel. We have a Sunday school for children that meets at 11 a.m., And that Sunday school has its own dedicated teleconference number. And many of our students uh, don't live in the area, so they attend via the telephone. Which means that if you don't live in the area and you have a child of Sunday school age, your child can also attend our Sunday school. Give us a call. We'll give you the number. And our Sunday school teachers would be very happy to welcome your child to our Sunday school. We have a testimony meeting every Wednesday evening at 8.15, where you can hear testimonies of healings and lives literally saved through the study and practice of Christian science. And at all of our services, we have a nursery available for infants and toddlers. We have, I believe, 17 different websites, most of which are in languages other than English. This way, the pure truth of Christian science reaches many people around the world, in many cases, in their own language. These websites are filled with the very finest articles, music uh, on Christian science, books on Christian science, Um, and everything that we offer is free. Freely we have received and freely we give. And that is why we appreciate so much those of you who do contribute financially to this wonderful cause. And there's a good article, a great article, actually, uh, featured on our English website this week um, entitled Happiness and Love by Bicknell Young, something all of us seek in this world. It's a great, uh, great article. I recommend it highly. And we have been busy printing and mailing this week the uh, April newsletter and the May full-text lesson sermon booklet have been printed and mailed to subscribers. Everyone is welcome here. And that includes all of you who are listening and participating from around the world. And now we will have the reading of a testimony of healing from the chapter entitled Fruitage in the Christian Science Textbook, which attests to the healing power obtained by studying the Christian Science Textbook. And that reading will be given this morning by Betty from California. 
page 684, A Convincing Testimony. I became interested in Christian science some five years ago, the practical nature of its statements appealing to me. And I must say at the outset that with my little experience, I have found it all and more than I ever dreamt of, dreamt of realizing on this plane of existence. I am satisfied that I have found the truth. God is indeed to me an ever-present help. My little girl, some 10 months old, was afflicted with constipation. It was so severe, I dreaded to go out anywhere with her as I knew not when she would be taken with a convulsion. I had tried all the usual remedies in such cases, but it seemed to grow more obstinate. There was a Christian scientist living in the same house with us, a scientist who let her light shine, and while she said little, I felt the reflection of love. I had no knowledge of the teachings of Christian science, save that God was a physician at all times. In my own way, I believed he was all-powerful and said to my husband one day, I am through with medicine for the baby. I am just going to leave her in God's care and see what he will do. I have done all I can. I did as I said, laid my burden at God's feet, and did not pick it up again. In two days, the child was perfectly natural and has since been free from the trouble. She is now six years of age. Some months later, a second test came. She woke up at nine o'clock at night crying and holding her ear. There was to sense a gathering. I was alone. I took up my science and health and Bible. But the more I worked, the louder she screamed. Error kept suggesting material remedies. But I said firmly, no, I shall not go back to error. God will help me. Just then... I thought of my own fear, how excessive it was, and a conversation I had with the scientist who first voiced the truth to me came to mind. She said she always found it helpful to treat herself and cast out her own fear before treating a patient. I put baby down and again took up my science and health, and these were the words I read, quote, Every trial of our faith in God makes us stronger. The more difficult seems the material condition to be overcome by spirit, the stronger should be our faith and the purer our love. The Apostle John says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. End quote. Science and Health, page 410. I looked up. The crying had ceased. The child was smiling and in a few minutes asked to be put to bed. There has been no further trouble of that kind. I have since seen the power of truth overcome error of many forms, including croup, whooping cough, tonsillitis, etc. I am grateful for all these proofs, but far more grateful am I for the spiritual teaching to love, to forgive, to curb my tongue, and cease my criticism. 
M A H, Brockton, Massachusetts. The lesson sermon for this morning can be found on page six of the Independent Christian Science Quarterly. Subject Doctrine of Atonement. The golden text is from Matthew. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Christ Jesus. The responsive reading is from Luke. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself The Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Fairly from Maryland will now read. The Bible, Isaiah. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Psalms. Create in me a clean heart, O God and renew a right spirit within me. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Then shalt thou be pleased 
with the sacrifices of righteousness. Proverbs My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. First John. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ourselves only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Matthew, Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Ye pay tithe of mint and anise and common, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men. But within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings? And ye would not... For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Luke. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, thou gavest me no water for my feet, 
but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. Titus, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. First John, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. James, submit yourselves therefore to God. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Matthew, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Bruce will now read. I will read correlative passages from the Christian Science textbook, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, by Mary Baker Eddy. Atonement is the exemplification of man's unity with God, whereby man reflects divine truth, life, and love. Jesus of Nazareth taught and demonstrated man's oneness with the Father. And for this, we owe him endless homage. 
Jesus aided in reconciling man to God by giving man a truer sense of love, the divine principle of Jesus' teachings. And this truer sense of love redeems man from the law of matter, sin, and death by the law of spirit, the law of divine love. Every pang of repentance and suffering, every effort for reform, every good thought and deed will help us to understand Jesus' atonement for sin and aid its efficacy. But if the sinner continues to pray and repent, sin and be sorry, he has little part in the atonement, in the at-one-ment with God. For he lacks the practical repentance, which reforms the heart and enables man to do the will of wisdom. The atonement requires constant self-immolation on the sinner's part. The desire which goes forth hungering after righteousness is blessed of our Father, and it does not return unto us void. What we most need is the prayer of fervent desire for growth in grace, expressed in patience, meekness, love, and good deeds. To keep the commandments of our Master and follow His example is our proper debt to Him and the only worthy evidence of our gratitude for all that He has done. The habitual struggle to be always good is unceasing prayer. Its motives are made manifest in the blessings they bring, blessings which, even if not acknowledged in audible words, attest our worthiness to be partakers of love. Our Heavenly Father, divine love, demands that all men should follow the example of our Master. The great Nazarene, as meek as he was mighty, rebuked the hypocrisy which offered long petitions for blessings upon material methods, but cloaked the crime latent in thought which was ready to spring into action and crucify God's anointed. The martyrdom of Jesus was the culminating sin of Pharisaism. Pharisee, corporeal and sensuous belief, self-righteousness, vanity, hypocrisy, 
It is related in the seventh chapter of Luke's gospel that Jesus was once the honored guest of a certain Pharisee by name Simon, though he was quite unlike Simon the disciple. While they were at meat, an unusual incident occurred, as if to interrupt the scene of Oriental festivity. A strange woman came in. Did Jesus spurn the woman? Did he repel her adoration? No. He regarded her compassionately and so brought home the lesson to all, following it with that remarkable declaration to the woman, Thy sins are forgiven. Why did he thus summarize her debt to divine love? Had she repented and reformed? And did his insight detect the unspoken moral uprising? Which was the higher tribute to such ineffable affection? The hospitality of the Pharisee or the contrition of the Magdalene? This query Jesus answered by rebuking self-righteousness and declaring the absolution of the penitent. Here is suggested a solemn question, a question indicated by one of the needs of this age. Do Christian scientists seek truth as Simon sought the Savior through material conservatism and for personal homage? On the other hand, do they show their regard for truth or Christ by their genuine repentance, by their broken hearts, expressed by meekness and human affection, as did this woman? Divine science adjusts the balance as Jesus adjusted it. Science removes the penalty only by first removing the sin which incurs the penalty. This is my sense of divine pardon, which I understand to mean God's method of destroying sin. A sinner is afraid to cast the first stone. He may say, as a subterfuge, that evil is unreal. But to know it, he must demonstrate his statement. To assume that there are no claims of evil, and yet to indulge them, is a moral offense. Blindness and self-righteousness cling fast to iniquity. When the publican's wail went out to the great heart of love, it won his humble desire. Evil, which obtains in the bodily senses, but which the heart condemns, 
has no foundation. But if evil is uncondemned, it is undenied and nurtured. In trying to undo the errors of sense, one must pay fully and fairly the utmost farthing until all error is finally brought into subjection to truth. The divine method of paying sin's wages involves unwinding one's snarls and learning from experience how to divide between sense and soul. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. He who knows God's will or the demands of divine science and obeys them incurs the hostility of envy. And he who refuses obedience to God is chastened by love. Through the wholesome chastisements of love, we are helped onward in the march towards righteousness, peace, and purity, which are the landmarks of science. The purification of sense and self is a proof of progress. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This is having our part in the atonement with truth and love. Let's now have a moment of silent prayer for our world. Let's now sing hymn number 118. Holy Spirit, light divine, shine upon this heart of mine.
Kindle every high desire. Cleanse my thought in thy pure fire. Hymn number 118.
Let's now sing hymn number 274. Partners of a glorious hope, lift your hearts and voices up. Nobly let us bear the strife, keep the holiness of life. Hymn number 274. From the Christian Science textbook, the scientific statement of being, and the correlative passage from 1 John 3rd chapter. There is no life, truth, intelligence, nor substance in matter. All is infinite mind and its infinite manifestation. For God is all in all. Spirit is immortal truth. Matter is mortal error. Spirit is the real and eternal. Matter is the unreal and temporal. Spirit is God, and man is his image and likeness. Therefore, man is not material, he is spiritual. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we shall be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purify himself, even as he is pure. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me, that mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Amen. <laughs> 